what's better than one review of what's coming up next on TV? Two reviews of what's coming up next on TV. And that's what we're about to do today on everybody's favorite podcast. Tell them, Kevin. It is TV channeling. And like Tachi said, we are super excited because this is part two of our fall TV 2021 preview and prediction special. Yeah, you sound real excited. Great. Anyway. I'm super excited. And for those of you who missed part one, A, go listen to it immediately. (laughs) Then also, this is how it works. We're not just going to tell you what new shows are coming up and when they're premiering. We're also going to tell you what we think is going to happen to it. Will it find its audience? Will it get a second season? Or will it die a horrible death in the May 2022 TV bloodbaths when they announce all the shows that are not coming back. That just sounds very grave. I know. (laughs) 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 But that's what we're here for to basically save you the time and heartbreak of falling in love with a show that's doomed to be canceled. So listen, learn, and uh, make choices based on what we're saying if you know what's good for you. Yeah, listen to Kevin. All right, so <laughs> let's get started. Let's get, I'm not going to sing that. We don't have the rights. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so our very first show is uh, The Wonder Years, ABC's remake or reimagining of the classic show. So Tachi, who is in that show? Well, this is uh, really great. Everybody loves Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle is the narrator. So remember with the original Wonder Years, uh, Kevin had a, a narrator, a grown him as a grown person. So this is Don Cheadle who acts as the narrator. Dulé Hill, who you'll remember from Psych, is um, <laughs> Bill Williams, who plays the dad. Charity Jordan as Vivian Long. Laura Karaoke, I think I'm saying her name right, as Kim Williams, Julian Lerner as Brad Hitman, Alan Maldonado as Coach Long, Amari O'Neill as Corey Long, uh, Milan Ray as Kisa Clemens, Saikon Sengblo as Lillian Williams, Alicia Williams as Dean Williams, and Nakia Dilliard as Theo. Those are the main players thus far. So Kevin's going to tell us a little bit about it, yes? I am. All right. So the show is coming to ABC, and it's premiering Wednesday, September 22nd. All right. Here's the synopsis. A A man recalls his experiences growing up in Montgomery, Alabama during the late 1960s. Wow, that's a really in-depth, you really got a feel for the show from that deep synopsis. Damn it, you get more synopsis when you look up the original Wonder Years. Yeah, I am shocked that it's so incredibly brief, and uh, I don't know what they were thinking. But the trailer, what did you think of it, Taji? So uh, let me let me go back and talk about my initial thoughts about even rebooting the Wonder Years. The story is real. It's a recollection of growing up in the 1960s, which were not kind to black people. Hell, 2021 is not kind to black people. I was about to say. 
<laughs> so, you know, I told you this before when teachers, when I was little, would like, if you could live in any age, what age would you? I'm like, we're having a hard time now. You think I want to go back to the <laughs> 60s and 50s? Please, what a stupid question. So in any case, um, that, that was a, a really hard time, you know, at the dawn of the civil rights movement. And I was initially like, they could have just called it something else without using the Wonder Years brand and, you know, just done something just as great, but just not call it the Wonder Years. I was like, well, why do you even need to use a name until I saw it? And that's when I realized that the wonder years were wonderful <laughs> for non-melanated people, according to the series, because that doesn't speak to the experiences of all Americans. And the thing is, you get so used to watching television in a bubble, especially when we grew up, right? You're watching television in a bubble, and you're not always thinking about it from the point of view of race or space or time or any of that. But when you look back on it, so now we're acting like the narrators reflecting back on it, TV really did not reflect the experiences of people of color. And so when I watched this, I was like, this is exactly why it needs to be called The Wonder Years, because it was, it's a different type of wonder for a Black family growing up at that time, and something that hasn't really been shown, unless it's like they do a repre every Martin Luther King Jr. birthday holiday, they would do back in the day a whole reprisal of, oh, Martin Luther King, but that's someone famous. That's someone notable. It was never about the experiences of everyday Black people. It always had to be somebody connected to the struggle. And you can't see my arm, but I'm making a fist. Connected to the struggle. It could oh, I, never could, be... I could hear that fist. Yes. Connected to the struggle. It could never just be an ordinary individual who was not connected in some sort of way. And then I guess in a way, everybody was, you know, all black people were connected to the struggle, whether you wanted to be or not. But it, it was just never just a story about somebody that was not notable. So I think this is what needed to happen. I, I'm, I'm okay with them using the brand, the Wonder Years now. Not that they cared about what I thought anyway. But... <laughs> That was a, a moot. My my thoughts were a moot point, but I I'm really okay. I want you to know, producers, I'm okay with you using it now. Uh, Kevin, what about? And I know I didn't really talk about the trailer itself, but we'll get into that. So, what did you think? Okay, you know what? I kind of felt the same way you did about the use of the term "the Wonder Years," and honestly, I still kind of feel a ways about it. And here's why: I like the idea of marrying the uh, uh, the experience of the original show of a white 12-year-old boy in 1968 growing up in the suburbs of Southern California. Mm -hmm. To be a better mirror, instead of having this kid growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, I would have liked to see uh, a Black kid on the other side of town in South L.A. growing up. At the exact same time, Kevin Arnold was growing up in the Wonder Years and how diverged their life experiences were literally 15 to 20 miles apart. Yeah, You know what? I have to say, I agree. I 100 percent agree with that. I think that the 
thinking is that racism and struggle and strife was only happening in the deep south therefore montgomery alabama was perfect now i i get from a production standpoint and from a story standpoint having the characters in montgomery alabama at the epicenter of hatred uh well that would be mississippi but at the epicenter of of hatred in the deep south i could see how that would lend itself to different story uh, arcs that would happen obviously but people think that there was no racism or struggle or strife anyplace else please L.A. was deeply divided. New York was deeply divided. Even if it seems like, oh, well, those are more liberal states, please. So I I agree. I think it would have been a better juxtaposition to have that person growing up in South L.A., which at the time was called South Central L.A. Exactly. I think it would. if you're going to call it the Wonder Years, it would have been, to me, really fitting to have an African-American story being told at the exact same time in the exact same city as Kevin Arnold lived his story. It would have been a really nice mirror. And with technology today, they could have even had them visually cross paths where they might have actually been in the same school in different classes where we would have actually seen Kevin Arnold walking through the hallway or something behind this kid. It would have been really amazing to have them basically in the same milieu, but having very different life experiences. I agree. I I 100% agree. I think that was, and again, we haven't seen the the episode yet, but I think that was kind of a, a slight failure on their part. If you're writing it again, I see why you picked Montgomery, Alabama, but why not? South Central LA or South LA. Well, one of the things that said at the beginning uh, with Don Cheadle's uh, narration is how weird it was growing up in a time where your parents had to give you the police talk. And when a presidential election um, had uh, racially divided the country. And I just thought, wow, okay, we know what they're doing there, but it's just it's so poignant how how much things how how much things change, but how much they stay the same kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, he might as well have said nothing has bloody changed. It's like, you know, it's so weird having to have the police talk, and nothing has bloody changed. That he could have easily said that, and it would have been, yeah, it's it's. This is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people initially. I think once you get into the story of whatever it's going to be, that kind of falls away. But it's going to be uncomfortable, I think, for for a lot of people initially. Because I mean, they don't this is why we have problems now, because people don't want to have those talks and that discussion and and solve it. But um, or at least attempt to solve it. But imagine being faced with this on television. Well, can you imagine 20 or 30 years from now when they reboot the Wonder Years yet again, we're going to see some other kids, probably a Hispanic kid or an Asian kid growing up uh, in, say, 2021. And they're going to have they'll be living through the times that we're living through right now, but they're still going to have crushes. They're still going to have a nemesis at at, at junior high. They're going to still have best friends. So all the turmoil that's happening around this kid, Dean, 
We still see that there's a girl that he has his eye on. We still see that he's trying to find his people, his little clique of friends. And so one day, I'm sure when they revisit this, we'll be, oh, you're going to still have, they're going to have to be some 12-year-old who has a crush on some girl, even though they're now having to learn via a Zoom, uh, you know, classes in 2021. As, and, <laughs> and, and as we're hearing the voiceover of, of him talking about, it was a crazy time back when people were trying to uh, defund the police and you had to wear a mask to go to the grocery store. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, how that eventually one uh one day because I'm, I'm i i have no doubt that they will do it now that's going to be interesting in fact you know what would be really interesting if they go and i agree they're going to do it because this is just ripe for another reboot i hope they're writing it now why don't uh, hold on before we go on why don't you all ever call us we have put out stories umpteenth times for you that are good and none of them ever call kevin i i i I don't get it either. We're giving them great AI, great A ideas each and every week here on TV channeling, and they don't seem to listen for free, gratis. So I, you know, I just wanted to say I agree that I think this is ripe for the picking. It, like twenty years from now, I it's going to be really interesting to see how they swing that. But I'm wondering if they could take it. Okay, so. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we just celebrated the 20, uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11. So I'm wondering, and that's a, that was such a big pivotal event. I'm wondering, even though somebody who was like, you know, in their 20s now, you know, would, was probably very little and may remember very little. I'm wondering if that would be part of the. Well, story. you could do you could do that now and it would basically be somebody who was 12 on the on September 11th. So that would that would mean they'd be like 30 uh, something now. So just a little bit older than me. Right. <laughs> Liar. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you thought I was going to let that one go. Methuselah. <laughs> No but anyway, chance. But anyway, no, it would be really interesting to basically uh, uh, flash back to that being the starting point of the story about the innocence that uh, a lot of people lost when you have a major disaster that kind of changes the way that and we never had anything like we had on September 11th. So to see that as the linchpin or the beginning of someone's junior high school experience when you're like 11 or 12 starting junior high that would be a really interesting story so they could honestly do the wonder years if you if you were going to be smart about it they could do the same thing they do with say law and order like it, it could be uh, or csi it could be uh the wonder years uh chicago uh, uh, nineteen, and then add a decade to it. The uh, uh, the the tens, and um, telling different stories, looking back, using the same prism, but telling different stories. So it's always about somebody who's around twelve, um, growing up, and somebody who's looking back at that journey, looking back twenty years or so. Okay, I have one. I have another one. All right. So living in South Florida, obviously there's a huge Cuban population here and Cubans came in different waves. So I think it would be hugely interesting to have a Wonder Years story that's centered around 
uh, 12-year-old Cuban boy oh my or God. girl. Maybe. Be, oh, oh, wait. I got to make it even better because what happens is they're actually new to America. And right. so they're yeah, – exactly. So they're coming here in the midst of 9-11, but they're also starting junior high. The first That's the first time they've been in school in America and dealing with language – and uh, dealing with the culture shock, all that kind of stuff, what could be an amazing idea for a right, show. And remember, around um, not too far from that time, remember Elian Gonzalez? I was gonna about to say Elian right. Gonzalez. Right, wow. so that whole thing, and then wet foot, dry foot policy, There was, there's a lot that, that could go into that. So I think it would be really... Uh, uh, are you listening, um, Gloria Stefan? This is a story. Oh I my God, Gloria! She's a longtime listener, longtime fan of TV. Yes, channeling. yes. It'd be great. We'd love to work with you to produce this, Gloria. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> 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 the rhythm is going to get us, Gloria. Anyway, so <laughs> the rhythm is going to get you for that one. <laughs> Okay, now I have I was nervous about bringing this up, but I I'm, I have to ask what you thought of the casting, and if you felt like, okay, um, any colorism in the casting, and what I mean by that is this: if you look at the little boy, uh, the actor who plays the t- uh the main character who plays uh what's his name Dean. Yeah, yes. plays Dean. He, um, we see the object of his affection, the girl he has a crush on. And she is very fair, especially compared to him. I don't believe they would have ever cast that uh, those roles uh, opposite to the way they have. The actor who plays Dean is very dark-complected, and the actress who plays the little girl, his love interest in the show, is very fair. Would they have had the lead be um uh fair or not just like just medium brown and then had the love interest be you know like lupita nyango uh like a 12 year old lupita nyango and i don't believe they would as soon i I, as soon as i heard about this show i thought like okay how are they going to cast when they announced it was going to be a black family this time and a black little boy and i thought like are they going to basically try and get like someone who looks like winnie cooper who is super duper fair and they found a very uh fair-skinned girl and um i'm just wondering how you felt about it well i could feel some kind of way about it if i wanted to but i don't well first of all they're both um lovely looking you know both um oh i wasn't boy. wait a minute yeah, I no, wasn't, no, no, i'm not saying, i wasn't saying anything about anybody's attractiveness no okay. i'm not saying you are i'm not saying you are what i'm saying is i just want to put out there that um all shades of black are gorgeous so we're not saying anything against anyone as they like to say the light-skinned people we're not saying anything in, in No, it's that. a beautiful mosaic. And it's, again, it's gorgeous. My issue is normally, and I'm tr- I, I, honestly, I'm telling you, I'm struggling well, trying well, to think of instances when normally there's a love interest. If there is a black male lead uh-huh. and there is a love interest, she is almost inevitably 
there's very much lighter than him. Right. Well, okay. And so I'm trying to think of an instance where that wasn't the case, let alone the reverse, where he is fair and she's uh, of a darker hue. It's always the case until recently where uh, it is now. And then when that is the case where the lead is a little bit uh, darker skinned as a woman, it's always with someone who is not black, if that makes any sense. And that's okay. But there do there there's this aesthetic thing I, I don't know why but that's just something i've noticed but here's the thing let let's think about in real life even if casting happened to conveniently carry on this this trope or this stereotypical method of behavior it worked in this case because in 1968 late 60s or whatever a young African-American boy probably would not have been attracted to a darker-skinned girl because of the uh, washing, that brainwashing. So that probably is something that would have been attractive to him. This is what you always, all the little fair-skinned girls, they were always the ones that got attention from fair-skinned guys and dark skinned uh, little boys. Okay. I could, I could deal if this is actually going to be addressed in the show. I mean, we don't know because we're all, we've all, we're, we're working with just the trailer, but my gut tells me they will not be addressing this, but well, if, if they're and listening, what would the conversation be though? What would the conversation be? Well, the, actress, the actress who plays his mother is dark skinned. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see if there was a, a, if she might say something to him or it might come up or she might, I don't know. I'm just saying I feel it bothered me because of the fact that it always seems to be that case. Again, yeah, if I can yeah. see and again, and nothing against anybody with fair skin or anybody with dark skin. This isn't the issue. The issue no. is we only seem to see one kind of thing depicted. And so I would have preferred it to be where she could have had darker skin and even the boy uh, could have had fairer skin or he could have been the same shade he is now. I just feel like we never ever see the female love interest if she's African-American. Um, if there is a boy or a man who is starring in a movie, his love interest is, is inevitably, uh, if she is even African-American, she is significantly lighter than he is. No, and absolutely. I just, and I just feel like it sends a really bad message to young girls. It, I, it, the, the only hope I will say is I do like the fact that the actress who plays his sister is also of a darker complexion. And so they, they he he mentions in the trailer about the fact that he'll never be as popular as his sister. So I'm hoping that she'll be her high school's heartthrob or whatever. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that it never happens. That, of course, this is why we still have darker-skinned people of African descent. Um, and genetics is just an interesting, it's just an interesting thing. You could have two very fair-skinned parents and end up, um, you know, very dark or the opposite way. You know, African genetics are just interesting like that. I, I, I will say that, yeah, it is bothersome because we only see one type of relationship one type of desirable relationship. But if you think about it, that kind of reflects what has been the 
conversation and the discourse in society. You can even go back to looking at, okay, those who we don't have need to go into the whole uh, history of it, but obviously those that were lighter skinned are more favored in society. And so your goal is to find someone who is lighter skinned. That was always the case. But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen where you find beautiful uh, black love that is between two people that are chocolate hue. That doesn't mean, doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but that's what we see depicted in media. And that's also, that was also the conversation because it wasn't just media. With a lot of these, some of these HBCUs, you used to, when you were applying, you needed to send in a picture. Why? There's a reason why. There was also the brown paper bag test. So even in our uh, institutions, in our organizations, in Black organizations, there was this level of wanting you to be fairer skinned, et cetera. So it's not just media. We saw that in our, but of course, that comes from brainwashing. So I think I'm not as upset about it because maybe I'm just desensitized, (laughs) I think, that that's just the way they've always behaved. I'm not expecting anything better from them, but also that's the way it actually probably would have been in 1968. I I don't know. I feel like you're being more generous than you should be. I feel like what this is, what it's the root of this is casting agents, casting agents, casting who they find attractive. And so when it comes to choosing a girl, a female adult or a little girl, they're looking for uh, a fair skin and more Anglo features. And because that's what they, the people that are the powers that be who are doing the casting find attractive. Oh, I am not doubting that. Yes. Casting has always been a problem. And they, the fact that they are too stupid and yeah, I said it. And if you're a casting director and you take offense to it, sorry, then do better. The fact that you're too stupid and blind to see the beauty in all types of of people is is sad. Uh, ultimately, though, they're the ones who make the decisions for who get cast for these things. So I 100% agree. But I think what I'm saying is that that's just a reflection. This is not something new. That's oh, just no, a re- I, you know, not, reflection. Oh. Yeah, I'm not claiming it's a brand new phenomenon. I'm just saying I wish that we could, in 2021, we might be moving a little forward and not seeing the exact same trope uh, that we've seen. Just do, you, every- do you live in America? <laughs> uh, apparently so. All right. So one other thing I wanted to mention is just the beauty of the way this is shot. There is a, a scene in the trailer where we, where we see Dean riding uh, his bicycle through his neighborhood at dusk and we see all the old cars and it's just beautiful the neighborhood the trees the uh the tree-lined street and everything absolutely beautiful and um so it's definitely a gorgeous show i love the actor who plays the father from psych um yeah yeah, the dynamic between he and his son and the fact that he is a college professor um i love that uh so it's it's going to be an interesting uh show anyway um not just my one issue with that particular thing with the casting so let's because we have other shows to get to so let's get uh so i have two questions for you yes first of all will you watch it and the second thing is 
what do you think the prospects are for this show? What's your prediction for a season two of the Wonder Years 2021? You know, I I forgot all about the fact that we actually needed to do some kind of rating. I was all into the the (laughs) the synopsis and everything and the description of it. Um, Yes, I will watch it because I want to see how they handle all of these different things. Uh, The big thing with the Wonder Years is that uh, one of the pivotal events because it takes place in 1968. And of course, you know, that was when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. So that is their big pivotal event. And I, I like the fact that, you know, again, with, with generations are marked usually by pivotal events. And for them, this is the big one. I mean, just like how we were talking about September 11th, that's a pivotal event for, so that's a big one. I want to see how they tackle that or what that means. We really haven't seen that tackled in television in a long time. So, I mean, and that tells you that it was probably ripe and time for these type, types of things to happen because we really haven't seen it dealt with in such a way. I'm also interested to see how they handled them being just 12-year-olds just being kids, you know, because despite the fact that there is struggle going around, despite the fact that if you live in a war-torn country, you're still a kid, right? And you still, you'll still notice uh, the inclination is to like to run around and do things, even when things are happening, because you're still a child. Uh, So I'm wondering what that is going to be like. So yes, I'm going to watch. And prospects, yes, it's going to get renewed. I dare them to cancel. I, I honestly, <laughs> this is not the time, ABC. This is not the time. They would, they're not going to cancel it. Let, let's just leave that there. So, Tati, what you're saying is black shows matter? Black shows have always mattered. And is that especially going to matter now? <laughs> they're, not, they're not canceling it. I, they're not even thinking. They, in fact, I bet you it's already been renewed for season two. So, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. tell that to the cast of Mixed Dish, who are now walking the unemployment line, but all right. But they had two seasons. Uh, Okay, you know what? That's true. So, yeah, give that one more season. You After the second season, all right. But, yeah, they had two seasons. They were good. (laughs) All right, Kevin. So, when it comes to the reboot of The Wonder Years, two questions for you. Will you watch it? Watch it? Watch it? And... (laughs) What do you think? Will they be renewed for a season two? I can't believe it, but I'm absolutely agreeing with you on both counts. I'm curious. I really, I, I really like the parents, the casting of both the mother and the father. I'm really interested in them. Uh, in fact, honestly, I wish the show was more focused on them than uh, Dean. <laughs> Quite honestly, I was not instantly compelled by him but the parents i i find interesting and i'll be interested to see um how they're depicted and how they're moving through the world so that looks interesting to me so i I can't see myself at least not watching the first one um maybe a couple of them we'll see how compelling it is once i'm actually watching it and i too think um that it it'll probably get a second season i think it probably will Mm, okay. I, I'll be surprised if it doesn't. I'll be surprised if it can't find enough of an audience to to eke out a, a, a second season. 
All right, so let's go to our second show that's also premiering on September 22nd, but this time over on Fox. So Tachi, tell us a little bit about who is a part of the new singing competition alter ego now this is interesting i actually managed to find the names of the different contestants but we won't go there we'll talk about the judges so yes yes as the judges we have uh, alanis morissette nick lachey <laughs> i was calling your wife lachey i'm sorry nick lachey grimes the music singer grimes and will i am they are going to serve as judges and this show was premiering september 22nd singers from all walks of life become the stars they've always wanted to be they'll be given the chance to show how they've always wanted to be seen creating their dream avatar alter egos all right, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Fox's Alter Ego? Interesting. The tech was cool. I think that, <laughs> look, we've run out of ideas for singing competition shows. And so I think this was the next step, either some sort of VR or AR, like virtual reality or virtual re uh, augmented reality. Um or this, and in a sense, this is I think, basically augmented reality. So that that was the next choice. I think it's interesting. It's like a, a first of all, this seems like it should have been if Avatar was not so, if they weren't so focused, the movie, if they weren't so focused on trying to save their beloved tree, they could have had television, been watching television, and this was would have been one of the shows they watched. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. It seems like it's part of something else. But the Masked Singer has been going strong for several seasons. So, you know, maybe oh, this is something. Go ahead. Oh, this is a ripoff of the Masked Singer. So the Masked Singer, basically, you take somebody who's a celebrity whose career is, you know, maybe not going gangbusters or somebody who, let's even say, that does have a career um in show business but not as a singer and they get a chance to live out that fantasy and be on stage behind the mask Wait, so this is this, this, I, try Wait, to clean, I try to clean that up as best i could but anyway the point is i feel like this is the ne this is the next uh iteration of the mask singer by taking regular people and then having them create an avatar and have that avatar perform. So not only is when I say avatar, it's like a computer generated little character that they create. They basically um, work with with these uh, um, IT people and they create their dream version of themselves. And that uh, they actually have the tech that they like use in the making of the actual movie avatar. So they have them hooked up to they're wearing like a bodysuit and they're hooked up to all these electrodes. So when they move to the left, their avatar moves to the left. When they blink, even when they cry, because at one point, one of the contestants is uh, tearing up after hearing positive things from the judges. And the person uh, backstage hooked up to all, uh, all of the gizmos, they shed a tear. And the judges in, uh, on stage, they see the tears start to flow and they ask if he's crying. And in fact he is. And so 
I I thought this was so gimmicky when I read the synopsis of this show and heard about it going into production. I just thought, like, seriously, just like you, like, we've run out of ideas, really. But when I saw the trailer, I have I can't deny it. I was actually moved when one person is talking about how they felt like the way they looked was holding them back Mm -hmm. and um, and they feel like it can be free. And somebody who seems to have some kind of like um, uh, anxiety around crowds or whatever they're 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 gonna have a chance to basically perform before an audience and so they actually have real live dancers and stuff like that so there's a lot of production values that are on stage performing with this virtual avatar similar to how you know how they've been doing these virtual concerts featuring people like michael jackson and whitney houston so it's that kind of holograms so basically but these are these are holograms of avatars that are on the stage so the uh, we're seeing them interacting with the dancers and the judges are seeing them as if they are on stage with dancing with the actual very real very human dancers so it's very it's 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 an interesting take i don't know if it can be as emotional as as it was cut together to be in that trailer week in week out if they can keep finding people that are like you know uh were in horrible car accidents and are paralyzed and then they're like dancing machines with their avatars and this is their big chance you know to have the career they wanted to have that but got cut short by you know by that bus or something I don't know, but I can't deny it. The trailer looked damn good. Oh, the trailer looks really compelling. It really does. But, you know, I was laughing earlier because when you were talking about uh, people whose careers need like a really a push or whatever, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about like, you know, how on Scooby-Doo, they always unmask the upper the villain at the end and in my head i said joe namath (laughs) (laughs) well i do think that they're gonna that the judges will finally meet the avatars uh the people behind the avatars so i don't know if you just if they meet them every time they when they get eliminated they meet them or if they will meet them eventually when they win, when they when they're crowned the winner, will uh, will they see them? And also, as we uh, the audience, do we see them from the start, or just the judges, the ones that don't see them? I'm that's one thing I'm not quite sure about how the show is going to work. Well, just like with the Masked Singer, we don't know who the has beens. I mean, we don't know who the celebrities are until they're unmasked. <laughs> so the judges and and we the audience members find out find out at the same time. So I'll be curious to see with this show. If we, the audience, will have more behind the scenes, we'll know more than the judges on stage know. That will be interesting to see. Absolutely. All right. So let me ask you not one, but two questions. So when it comes to Fox's alter ego, mm-hmm. are you... <laughs> I forgot the name. That I almost said Avatar. Alter ego. <laughs> are Same you... difference. <laughs> Will you watch it? And do you think it'll get a second season? Hmm. Second season, yes. Something like this that they've poured a lot of money into. Not that that has anything to do with the network, but I I think there's going to be, unless they, it's completely botched and terrible, I think that they're going to pull on enough heartstrings to make it go definitely for a second season. So yes to a second season. Will I watch it? 
probably the first one to see what it's like because you know what I've lost so much interest in these competition singing shows because they all they all start off differently and then they file down to the same thing whereas if you don't tune in at the beginning you're like now which one is this so I, I don't know that there's going to be anything compelling to keep me watching but we'll see uh, so I probably will watch the first one out of curiosity to see but I don't know that I'll keep watching Kevin your turn oh. when it Okay, go ahead. <laughs> when it comes to Alter Ego, which premieres on Fox on September 22nd, two questions for you. Will you watch it, watch it, watch it, and will it be renewed for a season two? All right. I got to shockingly say yes to both. I will watch the first one because I'm wondering how involved the judges will be. Will they just be sitting there and giving like that kind of remember uh, Paul Abdul? I just love your energy. You guys are so great. I love your spirit. You know, ugh, that or <laughs> <laughs> will they be? You always need a Paula Abdul, though, because then you always have somebody. Simon Cowell was always so terrible. You needed that cushion. Okay, but it would be interesting to see if they have a Simon Cow. I feel like for, of the four judges that there are between Grimes, Alanis Morissette, uh, Nick Lachey, like as you call him, Nick Lachey, <laughs> Nick, Nick, Lachey. <laughs> Nick Lachey, and Will I Am. I feel like there is no Simon Cow. I feel like they're going to all be talking about how great your energy is. So it'll be like I don't know, but also you know be, what? Will I Am may give a little more critical, a little thought. more heat. A little more heat, yeah. Another thing I think is going to be interesting, honestly, would be how if they're going to use the judges in a real way. Because to me, it would be interesting to see the judges do duets with the avatars. Hmm. I, I think so that they will be training for their duets. Yeah, they might, might be might be working with them or whatever, uh, or they might be like say doing uh like a like some of their classic hits. Like take one of the hits of some. Uh, well, first of all, I guess with Nick Lachey, it'd be like I don't know how. We, well, we did the one hit you have, but anyway, but the, but with Elias <laughs> Morris, ninety-eight degrees and a couple of hits, or will I am? They could basically sing some songs with him, or basically kind of a remix of like say Will I Am from the music video or from a concert, and then have the avatar mix mixed in and singing with him. If we're gonna do, th if we're gonna use this technology, let's use it. Let's use stick it all the way. Yeah, let's stick one of the avatars in the You Ought to Know music video. That would be freaking amazing and have them singing alongside with Alanis. Mm. Well, hopefully they have the budget for that because, you know, yeah, circa 2000. That would be that would be amazing. So I'm saying if you're going to do this, let's freaking do this. Do it big. I mean, again, and, and back to what we were saying earlier, call us. Um, uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, my poor brain. Gloria Estefan, we uh, we have ideas. We have ideas, and they're saw they're saucy. Some might say salsa. All right, so let's move on to the views our expressed. <laughs> okay, all right, let's move on to our next trailer. All right, so the next show is actually called Midnight Mass and it's on on Netflix and I believe it is dropping on September 24th. All right, Tachi. So, tell us who's in the show. All right, there's a lengthy cast. So I'll give you some of them. Zach Guilford is Riley Flynn, Kate Siegel is Aaron Green, Hamish Linkletter is Father Paul, Annabeth Gish 
plays Dr. Sarah Gunning. Michael Truco is Wade. Samantha Sloyan is Bev Keen. And Henry Thomas is Ed Flynn. Tell us about it, Kevin. All right. An isolated island community experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic, mysterious young priest. All right, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Midnight Mass? Okay, so you know I'm not a horror fan. And I'm, I suspect this is not a hard horror because it didn't look like it from the, the trailer. But... uh I mean, I it looks interesting. It looks like it, there, it could have some wings, definitely. But again, because horror is not my genre generally, it, um, yeah, I don't know. But it looked interesting. And I think it was interestingly shot. I don't know if you saw that. And, and obviously, you know, when we're talking about Midnight Mass, we're, we're talking about a lot of dark shots, a lot of, but, you know, dark, but they were well lit, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that they did a really nice job cinematography wise. Definitely. Well I got to say, this uh, this is brought to you by the same producers that brought uh, The Haunting of Hill House, Hill House uh, mm -hmm. uh, which was a huge sensation on Netflix. And I don't know if you saw any of it, but the first season is one of the best horror thriller things you've ever seen. It was so well done. It's so haunting, disturbing. So not horror where it's just like gross. It's more haunting and like what's in the shadows and and uh creepy and ominous more so than just like this isn't like some kind of friday the 13th watching sexy teens getting their heads chopped off kind of horror here you um, go with the sexy teens <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so i love the haunting of hill house i have i didn't see the second season i saw the first season and i thought it was a masterpiece so they had me with that there was actually a brand new version of the trailer. I don't know if you saw it, but I said, no, it to you. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I missed it. I'll watch okay, it after. So, yeah. I watched this. The newer version of the trailer is a little bit longer and it shares even more. And it looks like there is somebody returning to their hometown is some sleepy Island town, very small, very secluded. And he is haunted by some past demons. He keeps seeing some silhouette of some mysterious looking woman that may be a ghost or she, he may just be being haunted by his past and having something to do with her death. And so there's that. And then we have this priest who seems a bit off or a bit odd. Yes. And there's a scene that they show in this newest trailer that just dropped where there's a little girl in a wheelchair and um, everybody's taking communion. And he basically kind of barks at her to come up and get her communion. And everybody's like, what are you, how, what are you talking about? You know? And then he goes, get up. And the girl, uh, much to the astonishment of everybody in the parish, as well as the little girl herself stands up and walks to the priest to receive communion. And so I'm like, they're shocked. He's shocked. I mean, everybody's shocked except for the priest is not shocked. Everybody else is shocked. So I don't know what exactly is going on with this guy. Um, Something one, is there. 
<laughs> yeah, at one point, uh, the uh, the priest is talking to this guy who's who's newly back in town, the one I mentioned earlier, who uh, seems to be haunted by some past uh, incident and either haunted by the ghost of this woman or the memory of her, not sure which. But um, when the uh, uh, priest is uh, sitting, talking to this guy, he says, He's just baffled by what the priest knows. And he says, like, who are you? And then the priest replies very coolly, you know who I am. And just like, um, is it just me or is that something that Satan, Satan would, say? would say? Yeah. Uh, like, Things that Satan would say for 100, Alex. So <laughs> I just like, what? I was like, um, okay. And then there's this shot in the trailer where, ominously there's all these like dead bodies of like all the pets seemingly from the town are like all on the shore and they're all dead and like seagulls are picking at them and stuff so it's just like it's like the presence of this new charismatic priest is causing all kinds of weirdness to happen even almost seeming supernatural or something so it definitely looks like it's interesting and i and i gotta give them credit for yet again releasing this in late September, just in time for Halloween. So this has, to me, this has October rainy nights written all over it. It was a dark and stormy night when I was watching Netflix. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I agree. Nicely shot. All right, Tosh, let me go ahead and ask you the question because I could I already know what your answer is, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I got Good. two questions for you. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to Netflix's Midnight Mass, will you watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it? And what do you think its chances are of getting a second season on Netflix? Okay, so you you put Netflix with emphasis because they've had a habit of not renewing things lately. So uh, let's go with the second question first. Yes, because this is my prediction. They're going to end on a super ridiculous cliffhanger. I mean, it's already been shot, but it's going to end on a super ridiculous cliffhanger that is going to warrant another season. So yes, it is going to be renewed for a season two. Will I watch it? I think you already answered that question when you started talking about pets, pe- pelicans picking at pe- or vultures, whatever, picking at dead pet. You already know my answer. All right. <laughs> that is not for me. Okay. No, I not I said the cat. So for you, Kevin, when it comes to not the haunting of Hill House, Midnight Mass on Netflix, will you watch it? Watch it, watch it, and will it get a season two? All right. I will probably watch the first one to see if I get sucked in. My guess is if I'm not sucked in, I'll probably still cheat and watch the last episode to see if there's some crazy cliffhanger. Um, just, just out of curiosity, because this kind of thing is like catnip for me. So I probably will watch at least the first and last episode. If I'm liking it, then I'll watch all of it from start to finish. And um, as far as second season go, this is hard because Netflix to me has canceled some real, Really good shows so being good is not a, a, always an arbiter of what's going to make it on netflix but i will say i think that there is a place for horror on netflix and it, it oh, has yeah. a better it has a better shot of being renewed because it is that particular genre so i think just like 
I, fingers crossed I'm right on this one because we will revisit this in May and see whose predictions were more accurate. And I believe that this too will get a second season. Okay. Well. All right. So let's go to our final show that we're going to talk about. So coming to Apple TV Plus on September 24th is the sci-fi drama Foundation. So Tachi, who's in it? Well, and it's not foundation like the makeup. We have <laughs> Jared Harris as Harry Selden, Lee Pace as Brother Day, who's the emperor of the galaxy, Lou Lobel as Gal Dornick, Leah Harvey as Salvor Hardin, or Hardin, sorry, Laura Byrne as Eto Demerzel, Cassian Bilton as Brother Dawn. Terrence Mann as Brother Dusk, and Alfred Enoch as Rake Selden. Based on the novels of Isaac Asimov, Foundation chronicles a band of exiles on their monumental journey to save humanity and rebuild civilization amid the fall of a galactic empire. All right, Tachi, what did you think of the trailer for Apple TV Plus's Foundation? Well, it's sci-fi, so I'm always down for something that is science fiction. It really looks like it has a large budget. And for something like this, you have to have a large budget. Now, it's Netflix, so they don't have Star Wars budget, but it looked like it was sizable just from what I was able to see in terms of effects, in terms of costuming, etc. Because here's the thing, when you don't have a very large budget, and you know they made uh, a flub up, when it came to what was the superhero movie, uh, superhero series that they had that they can't. Oh, no, that was that was Netflix. That was um, something uh, of oh, Jupiter's Jupiter's something uh, on on Netflix that that they produced and quickly canceled. Right, right, right. Yeah. Jupiter's no, Legacy. Jupiter's, Jupiter's Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, no, I know it was Netflix, but I'm saying when you don't have the budget to do things. That's when, and, and they did. They spent a lot on it, but it feels like they run out, ran out of money. <laughs> so I, I think that um, you have to either simplify the story and not be as ambitious if you can't do it in a way that is deserving of the that the story deserves. And I think that they, at least effects wise and costuming, etc., they have a very large budget because it looks good. It looks, it does look good so far. What do you think? Okay, they use the money I spent on every iPhone, every iPad, every dongle, every earbud, every laptop. It's all on the screen. This is one of the most amazing looking shows I have ever seen. And this is just the trailer. The effects, the world building, they show the, some of these cities and they are so miraculous looking. They look like they exist. Some of the, the designs of the ships and everything, I, my jaw stayed on the floor through the trailer. And there's more than one version of the trailer. There's a newer version of the trailer. I sent you that as well. I'm, I'm sure you haven't seen that because I just literally just discovered it earlier, right before we recorded. I watched it, and it is even more amazing than the trailer that you saw. And they 
put it on the screen. They spent some money and it looks spectacular. When I initially heard that this is going to be a story about, you know, wars in the stars, I'm just like, there better be some adorable robots that I want to hug for me to watch this. And there seemed to be no, there's no R2 anything in this, no BB eight, nine, 10, no, nothing like that. But this is, I, I can say with confidence right here and now, this is the most visually arresting television show ever. Take that, Game of Thrones, your dragons were, they were pretty, they seemed pretty epic back then, but you hadn't seen the trailer for Foundation yet. This is like nothing I've ever seen. Spectacular. The dragons in Game of Thrones look like the Peanuts gang compared to, <laughs> <laughs> to this. They look like Pete's dragon. All right. <laughs> they look like Puff the Magic Dragon. So, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, let's see. Let me tell a little bit about what I was able to kind of gleam. So there seems to be some mathematician who has figured out that the Galactic Empire that's been ruling everything for 400 years is about to crumble. And not only that, but apparently civilization and humanity is going to crumble for reasons unknown yet. And uh, there's kind of like a Noah's Ark quality where what parts of history and technology should they try to basically save in some kind of, I don't know, life raft or some kind of vault somewhere so there'll be some kind of history for, I guess, the people, the survivors to try and continue or rebuild society. So I'm not exactly sure what's happening. Another thing that's really kind of hinted at in the first version of the trailer, but made more real or made more apparent, I should say, in the second version of the trailer that I just watched is the ruling class or the ruling family is one person who has been cloned over and over because when you mentioned uh brother dawn brother like dusk or sunset or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's be basically it's the same person at different stages of life so i guess the peak one or the the one that's i guess like say 25 to 35 is the one who is the supreme leader and so there's like a little boy version of him and which i guess would probably be dawn and then there's like a old version of him and um, and so we see the oldest version in the trailer and the newest or the final version of the trailer looking at the baby version, like in like in some kind of tank. Uh, and he's and he says something about watching yourself about to be born. And so they have been ruling for 400 years this way, where it's just it's one man, how he came to rule and how they've been doing this for centuries, where just they age out, but they seem to keep court amongst themselves so there's like five or six versions of you at different stages of life like a little 12 year old you and an 80 year old you all helping the 30 year old you rule the rule the universe which is crazy concept so i'm super duper intrigued so of course the the powers that be are not happy about this mathematician who predicts the end of this and so the question is should they murder him and even if they do will that be enough to stop the truth from getting out that this may be coming all, all be coming to an end 
First of all, if I were that mathematician, I would have said nothing. <laughs> just, keep, <laughs> just keep quiet. Uh, but I think this is really intriguing. I, I, I'm just really intrigued by the whole concept. Obviously, it's science fiction I love, but I, I just, it's just so well done. It seems like it's really well done. Again, we just have the trailers right now. We don't have the actual series till it uh, debuts. But I am. Um, I'm I'm looking for that because the whole thing is they they delayed this for a little bit too. Oh, well, a lot of bit because of the yeah. pandemic. This this show should have premiered like over a year ago. Right. So I'm wondering what, you know, I was wondering when it comes to things like that, did they did they look at things again and say, "Okay, well, let's let's reconsider this." And did it be, be is it a better product because they delayed it? Sometimes there's teams excuse me, seems to be a rush to market when it comes to some of these things. And so it's when you can take your time and slow it down whether it was intentional or not, I think sometimes you come up with a better product. So I'm interested to see this product. Oh, absolutely. I think that they definitely had more time to work on the effects to yeah. uh, make these effects just the most stunning things I've ever seen in my life. And I've watched, I've seen a lot of effects. And um, I'm not sure if they even finished principal shooting when the pandemic broke out. My guess is that they hadn't, which is why they had to postpone the release. No, the no, show. no. They um they, they suspended it. it. No, they did not because they suspended shooting on March 12th and then they resumed October 6th. So it's only been about, what, six months or so? Wow. Okay. So, yeah, but what I meant when they initially started, when it was scheduled to premiere, I believe they had to stop for the pandemic. So they hadn't finished shooting everything. Correct. But anyway, it looks spectacular. So I'll go ahead and ask you the question so we can wrap this episode up. But I I think you can already tell how I'm feeling. Anyway, so when it comes to Apple TV Plus's foundation, Tachi, will you watch it? And what is your prediction for its hopes for a second season? Yes, I will watch it. Yes, it will get a second season. I, there's no need to draw it out. So okay. and I can watch it because I actually had purchased an Apple device, so I still have that year of Apple TV Plus. So yes, I I will watch it. Kevin, when it comes to Foundation, will you watch it? And will it get a season two? Okay, like you, I had I had bought something from Apple, so I had that year. My year just ended like oh. days ago. And so I'm actually in the market for a new phone. So I'm anxiously awaiting the release of the next iPhone and see if it if it doesn't uh, there's Which rumors will be the fourteenth. Uh, Yes, and the well, the rumor is that the following there's been a leak in the next generation mm -hmm. iPhone 14 will, 14 will will no longer have the notch, which is why I've been waiting. I've been holding out for a notch-free phone, and so if by some twist of fate they're forced to move up their plans because of this monumental leak and have this next phone be notch-free, then I will too buy it and then have access to Apple TV Plus for a glorious year for free and absolutely i will watch this if not what i'll probably do because i do have to see this show i have to see this show what i'll probably do is wait for because i believe they're going to do the same thing where they release it one episode a week once i've heard through the grapevine that all the episodes have been released if, if i haven't bought a new phone 
uh, in the next a couple months, then what I'll do is I will pay for Apple TV for one glorious month, immediately burn through all of Foundation, and I guess I'll go ahead and circle back and watch um, uh, morning of uh, the morning morning, morning news morning morning, morning television whatever morning, the hell, morning morning show whatever that show oh I think it's called America. the morning show. Whatever. Yeah, the morning, the morning show. That's it. The morning it. show. I watch seasons one and seasons two of morning show. And there's a new season of the show C, which I'm still waiting for them to explain how um uh, what's what's Lisa Bonet's husband's name? Aquaman. Uh, Jason Momoa. I still want to know how Jason Momoa was able to hear his baby singing because he's blind. Everybody else is blind, but they can they can tell the babies are able to see. I need somebody to explain to me how you hear babies. I can hear you. I can hear you looking at stuff, baby. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yes, I have to see Foundation. What come come hell or high water, I will see it in some kind of way. And um, I do think it'll get a second season. The only thing that may make it not get a second season is how expensive the show has to be. But I'm actually feeling like in for a penny, in for a pound, because it must have cost so much, they're going to have so many things already done. So many effects and so many like things of different cities and all kinds of different you know, hellscapes that they've created are already done, and they can use these sets over and over again. So to dismantle everything and be like, well, we're done, I, I, I will think that they will try and do a second season. I'll be shocked because this would be such a monumental flop or failure to not get a second season and Apple would have egg on their face. So I feel like they'll have to do a second season just to not look like, like no one, like they have nothing. They, they can't get anything really right. That's a real draw. Right. And, and the thing is Apple has control over this. Unlike a lot of the other networks and that, you know, they're working with production companies. So the show is not necessarily owned by the network. So they can cancel it. And it's like, well, we didn't put money into the production here. Apple is actually putting money into the production like Netflix. They also put money into the production. So a lot of these streamers are putting money into originals now, as opposed to paying a production company to produce this and picking it up or, or, or picking up. Yeah. What a production company has made so they have control over this so they probably they they are definitely going to do a season two you know regardless of what the outcome is they're going to do it so you can't tell us it's a failure we're doing a season five so they're they're going to uh to to definitely do that yeah british accents in outer space there's no way i'm not watching all right taji i can't believe we've come to the end of another episode but we have in case you didn't know and in case you all didn't know we are at the very end. This was great. Oh, I had so much fun, and I can't wait for some of these shows. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, some of which we'll actually be reviewing at, uh, coming up soon. So, you have something you want to ask me? So, Tachi, mm -hmm. how can people listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? Well, as Kevin so ineptly um, mentioned, <laughs> there are ways... That you can watch us, or excuse me, listen to us, beside how you're now listening who's now. Inept. Not I, said the cat. Stitcher, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, WJMSRadio.com, Tuesdays and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. You can also go to our website, TVChanneling.com, where you can listen to past episodes and all the upcoming episodes. And... We would be so grateful if you subscribe, 
share with your friends to subscribe because that way all the new episodes that come in drop and you don't even have to worry. It just downloads to whatever device. How, how delicious is that? And please leave a review that helps us. And we would love to have a positive review. Kevin, for our audience who is not inept, how can they reach us on social? All right. We are TV channeling on Facebook. Uh, we're also TV channeling on Twitter and Instagram. We would love to hear from you. So if there's a show you'd like us to review or something going on in pop culture you want to hear our take on, let us know. We would love to hear from you. And with that, we will vamoose. Let you do whatever it was you were doing before. We thank you. Remember, we do this because of you. And it is not lost on us that you could be wasting time anywhere else, but you chose to waste time with us. We thank you for that. And so we will sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, here on TV Channeling, we watch bad TV so you don't have to. Like that pet cemetery, whatever the hell that, that <laughs> midnight mass. Yeah, pet cemetery. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>